Welcome to another episode of Uncomfortable, comfortable conversations around uncomfortable topics. Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Uncomfortable Podcast. I'm your host, Debbie Roach, and in this episode, I'll be chatting with Nadia Larusa. Nadia is a serial entrepreneur based out of Thunder Bay, Ontario. And I've known Nadia for a few years now, and I've watched her juggle multiple businesses. She is seriously an entrepreneurial badass. However, that's not what today's topic is about. Nadia had often talked about her husband, Brent, and how awesome he was, and I found myself wondering, what was her secret? Now, I won't lie, I was kind of surprised when she told me what that secret was. As a woman of faith, Nadia calls herself a spiritually traditional wife, meaning that she allows her husband to be head of the household and do all of the decision-making. Now, in the Bible, this is referred to as being a submissive wife, but Nadia doesn't feel that term really represents their relationship. Now, of course, I wanted to know more. In this episode, Nadia explains what being a spiritually traditional wife is like and how it works for her relationship, sex life, and her family. I hope that you enjoy our conversation, but as always, there is some adult content, so when you're listening, pop those headphones on. Nadia, thank you so much for joining me on Uncomfortable. I'm excited to have you. Thank you. I'm excited I, to meet you. Yeah, well, I, we've known one another for a while. That's no secret. So I'm, and this is something you had shared with me maybe quite a few months ago. And it's a topic that I literally know nothing about. Um, so I was excited to kind of delve into and, and learn a little bit about your relationship and the type of relationship you have with your husband and the reasons behind that. Before we delve into it too much, I know that you have a really kind of awesome story with your husband. I've met him. He's, he's a great guy from the one interaction I had with him. So if you wouldn't mind maybe sharing a little bit about how you guys met. Yeah. Okay. So I've actually known him my for most of my high school life. So we are born in the same year and we are born and raised in the same city. And we live in Thunder Bay. There's not very many people here. It's only population 100,000. So we sort of had the same circles. Um, you know, he went to university, graduated, moved away for a bit, you know, got married to someone else. I was married to someone else. Um, came back to Thunder Bay, I believe it was 2009, and, and happened to start working where I had also sort of been working. So it was one of those moments where there was a spark immediately. And I was, you know, I, I was instantly like, yeah, I want him to be mine. Okay. <laughs> um, so I mean, relationships are complicated and messy. And it obviously wasn't quite that simple, but um, he's mine. <laughs> so I'm yeah. pretty happy. Together between the two of us, we have five children. So he has three boys and I have two girls. We have a crazy life. We're just constantly doing a bunch of stuff. I mean, I own several businesses and, and he's actually taken some time off work and he's, him and his brother are sort of single-handedly building a house, which has been his dream. So we're, we're excited to move in there next year. And, and yeah, so it's just, 
it's just this wild marriage ride that I'm on with this with this yeah. awesome guy. So, yeah. yeah, it's awesome. I do remember you uh, telling me once um, about how you had spent time with him, and after like only so many days, like really quickly, you guys kind of knew you wanted to live together, and you just yeah. I mean, we moved in together fairly quickly, and I wouldn't necessarily say that was the best route. I mean, I think we did bring a bit of baggage to the marriage. Um, you know, in hindsight, as it's always 2020, I probably would have slowed things down, slowed things down a little bit. Um, but from the very beginning, it was him or no one. And that's kind of where I landed. And I, I still do believe that today. I believe that if, if I wasn't going to be with him, then there would be no one and that would be okay. And that's sort of where I'm at. So um, he's very, very loyal. It's just one of those situations that I just don't worry about. Um, any, he just is so committed and so devoted. And awesome. I, my, my friends are dating and I feel like they're, they're constantly suspicious or they're like, Oh, where is he? Or he hasn't, he hasn't messaged me or he hasn't called or I just, I just honestly, that stuff he needs isn't on my radar. I just never worry about it with him. So it's quite refreshing. Yeah. That's very refreshing. That's awesome. So I know you're both um, pretty, you have both, or I guess were in the same uh, religion, like Christianity. Did you go to mm -hmm. the same church? So not initially I, I was raised Catholic and he has, he has quite the varied religious background. That's what I'll say. I think his parents, you know, to have different sort of views. I was raised Catholic. My family was never super strict with it. Uh, currently right now, we both go to a super cool church in Thunder Bay that is a non-denominational Christian church. And it's been great to explore faith in a really relaxed way. Um, so there's really no formality to the church and it's really, there's, it's filled with young families. Um, it's just a place that we've been for the past 10 years together and, and, We've got a great community there, and I, I never feel pressured to think a certain way. It's very accepting, very open. You know, there's not some of the struggles that I've heard about other churches having. So it's it's lovely, and yes, we are we are pretty committed to that church. Awesome. Our, yeah. Now you had explained to me how you had the type of relationship um, that you call a like spiritually traditional relationship. So tell us a bit about what that means. So, you know, traditionally, if any, and I'm, we're not those people that, that sort of walk around touting scripture all the time, but in this area of my life, this is sort of where I, I land and talking about how God designed the husband to be the leader of the home and, you know, the wives, and I'm, I'm using air quotes, submitting mm -hmm. to your husbands as to the Lord. And, and this word of a wives obeying or wives submitting it leaves a bad taste in our, in our, our mouths sometimes as women. Right. But, but for me and in my marriage, it's, it's really quite refreshing. And so this is sort of how I've chosen to land and operate here with this man. And, and honestly, it's been really, really rewarding. So that's, that's kind of the basis of our marriage where he's the head of the household and I am not. So. Okay. So like, how did this decision come to be? Was it you that brought it to the table? Cause it sounds like you had a bit more of a, you know, uh, religious background than he did or was it something you came to an agreement yourself how did it happen so we spent a lot of time at the beginning of our marriage not operating this way and I I own and manage quite a few companies so in my life generally speaking I'm in charge and I take on a very masculine role in the workplace and and honestly 
you know, we would fight all the time or we'd be butting heads or there'd be this strange power struggle about who was going to be right and who was going to get their way. And it, it really took me down really hard. And I, I started questioning this life. I started being like, this is, this is miserable. This is miserable for both of us. Um, we're, we're arguing and fighting all the time. You know, what, what can we do? And, and it was one of those moments of desperation where I was literally willing to try anything. And then it's like, well, why don't I actually just try what's going on in scripture? So it wasn't this situation where he's like, I'm the head of the household and you're going to obey me. It was not that at all. It was more just of me making my own decision about how I was going to be in this marriage and what kind of wife I wanted to be. And, and where I got to was if I'm going to leave this marriage, which I had thought about it back in those days. I mean, we have young kids and, and there's just marriages are hard, right? So, you know, I'd be lying if I thought, if I, if I told you that I, I never thought about it, but I thought if I'm going to leave this marriage, I'm going to look back and I'm going to say, I was the best wife I possibly could have been. And so then it was like, okay, great. I'm going to do that. Now, how do I do that? <laughs> and honestly, you know, as, as, old fashioned and as, you know, as hippie and religious and whatever term you want to say, as crazy as it sounds, the scripture kind of lays it out pretty simply. And what I found is since I've been following that, things have gone really, really well, like really well. So, yeah. Wow. So it's, it sounded like it was a pretty empowering decision. And I, I won't lie when I said when you had first kind of explained this, I'd worked with you for probably, I don't know, a year, year and a half by that point. And I know that you juggle multiple businesses and that you constantly make decisions. So I was kind of surprised. Like, I won't lie. It took me, uh, you know, some time to wrap my head around that. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people that know me do think like, like, yeah. like, what are you talking about? Like, you're in charge of everything. Why aren't you in charge at home? Yeah. And I'm not in charge because it's not my role. It's, it's Brent's role. And I love being a wife. And, you know, when we look at how the Bible describes this, it's, it's not a dictatorship or condescending or patronizing or anything like that. It's basically compared to how much Jesus loved the church. So that's how much Brent loves me. He loves me so much that he's willing to take responsibility and sort of guide us down our marital path. But in return, you know, my role is to be a supportive and wise wife. And so it's not where I'm just like following orders and he's barking orders at me. That's, that's not what this marriage looks like. And, and to meet us, you'd, you'd never know necessarily that that's been a deliberate choice of mine. But it's where, you know, where things are... I don't want to say where we're in a disagreement, but where I would just defer to him. I would say, look, this is, you know, how do you want to do this? How do you want to, to roll here? Yeah. Can you and, give us an example of like a, a decision that perhaps he would take the lead on or you would ask him to take the lead on? Well, and I, I think the most current example in our life right now is this house build, mm. right? So, I mean, there's no question like, and, and people are on me all the time. When are you guys moving in? How, what are you going to do? How are you going to design it? How are you going to design it? I said, you know what? This is Brent's decision. This is, this is up to him. I definitely could be, and probably very few people would fault me for being, you know, let's get the house in. What are you doing? Let's move it along. We're, we're, we're buying this or we're getting that. But you know what? I trust him. I mm -hmm. trust him to build the house. I trust him to make it warm, safe, and comfortable for our family. I don't care what it looks like. I care that he's there. I care that our children are there. And I'll, I'll live in a cardboard box with him. 
Mm-hmm. So the fact that he has decided that he, on his own, with his hands, is going to build our home, you know, how emasculating would it be if I was then nitpicking over every detail or criticizing? It would be horrible. It would be horrible worthless. This man is so happy. Yeah. He comes, he skips home every day. He's not even home yet. He's, he's still out, you know, Home Depoting or whatever, whatever <laughs> he's doing. Um, the house is, is coming together beautifully. You know, I'm not stressed about the timeline, you know, but then what's been super cool is he's come and he said, hey, what do you think about this? Mm. Let's take a look at the sample with me. What's your preference? And so he, here I am, you know, I don't want to say being in charge, but contributing mm-hmm. to the design of our house in such a loving and, and amazing way. And where there's no question that we'd probably be arguing if we were any other couple, mm. we're actually getting stronger, closer. And wow. so it's, it's been good. Yeah, it's definitely working. Now, what would happen if, you know, you really did disagree with something that he wanted to do, whether it's to do with the house or a completely different situation, what would that conversation look like? So I think, you know, there have been definitely those situations and it's definitely a deliberate decision on my part where I'm, and I'll say to him, this isn't what I would, what I would do right now, but I trust you. And I actually have to trust him. And, you know, in return, he takes responsibility for the decision. So if he makes a decision that I don't agree with, he is then responsible for it. And that doesn't mean I get to say, well, I told you so. If, you know, if it doesn't go the way it's supposed to be. Um, And there have been those things, but nothing, nothing major, really nothing. Because, you know, and I'm I'm not going to speak for him, but I, I, I want to believe that he feels supported and respected and he is just making good decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, women, we, we didn't marry our husbands so that we could then sort of demean them or cut them down after we married them because we wanted them to be our men. We, mm-hmm. we wanted them to be the heads of our household. It's a strange sort of trend that's happening where you end up in a battle and I don't know, it just doesn't seem doesn't seem great. So. Yeah. Now, how, how was he when you had this whole conversation or, you know, decision that he was going to be the head of the household? Did he have any concerns about that? Or was it something that he was like, yeah, I think that sounds great. I'm going to do it. There was no formal decision. Hmm. I just started doing it. So I didn't oh, say, hey, okay. guess what? You're now in charge of the house. <laughs> I guess, you know, there have been things where, where he's come to me and he's like, I don't know what to do here. And I'll say, listen, you know, this is what I think, or here's my thoughts on this subject, but I trust you. And I, I know you're going to make the right decision. And so those words, I, I think sort of really do empower him to make the right decision. Yeah. Um, and sometimes he's like, you know, babe, I, I can't decide. Can you just pick? And then of course I do. Right. Yeah. Oh, sure. This is what, this is what we're going to do. Right. Yeah. No problem. Look at this. Um, or this is what I'd really like. Um, so it's, I'm not like one of these, well, you know, it's totally up to you. And, and when he finally says like, I don't want this. I want you to pick or I want you to decide. I decide. Um, So it's not, there wasn't really a, a me sitting down and saying, you know, from this point forward, I'm going to submit to you as the wife. I just, it was more of an internal thing where I was like, how can I, how can I make this marriage the absolute best? What can I do as my role? Mm-hmm. And did he start to kind of become aware that this is what you were doing or he just, it kind of 
just played out and now he makes the decisions and feels more confident and did he ever sit down and say I know you're giving me the power all the time I'm wondering what's going on I mean he's not a stupid man so I think if I were to ask him hey do you realize this is what's going on he would say of course I do Um, but no he's never he's never really acknowledged it but what he has done is he said things like I'm really loving how things are these days or you know I feel really good when you and I talk Um, sometimes men don't communicate with us in the same way we communicate with them and so I've learned to sort of you know weave through some of the things he's saying Um, and honestly like he's just he is just happier and nicer and you know I don't want to say this in a manipulative way but I kind of I kind of do get whatever I want <laughs> and, and I don't want to, like that's not that's not to say like well guess what I'm controlling the situation it's, yeah, yeah. it's not it's, it's just I'm respected as well and yeah. what I want is important to him yeah so it's almost yeah. like you're treating someone the way that you would want to be treated right and it's it just kind of when you start doing that you start to feel them treat you the same way. So what's the reaction when you talk to other people about this? Or have you had many conversations with your friends? Um, Yeah. 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 (laughs) Definitely. I mean, so first of all, I have, and my friends all know this, I've become incredibly intolerant of being in situations where we are sitting around complaining about our husbands. So I don't do that. because I, I find that to be horrible. Right. So we, we should not sit around and, and you know, crab gossip, and moan. Gossip. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, or, or speak poorly about them behind their backs. Mm. Like that, that's so demeaning. Um, you know, we do not complain about, and my girlfriends know this too, we don't complain about our husbands wanting to have sex with us all the time because I, my, my offer is, well, can you imagine if he never wanted to? That would feel worse. Mm-hmm. So that usually shuts that conversation down. Um, you know, I have gotten into some deliberate conversations more in the context of a girlfriend will come to me and say, I'm having a hard time with my husband. And, you know, and when someone will say, well, you guys are so great. What's your secret? I tell them the secret. Like, I don't lie about this. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it? It's 50, 50. So half of them are like, you know what? I got to do this. Cause whatever it is you guys are doing, I want it. And the other half are like, yeah, I, I'm never doing that. And then they'll say something really demeaning, like if I did that, nothing would ever get done in our house. Or like, and it, it's just like, okay, well, you need to somehow get yourself out of that mindset and remember yeah. that you married man, and he's yeah. worthy. He's worthy, right? Um, so I feel like it's about half and half to answer your question. Mm. And do you ever find um, people kind of judging, criticizing you kind of openly to your face about that situation? Or is everyone, okay, maybe thought it's not for them, but being quite supportive? Um, I think because I have such good boundaries, and people in my life know better than to, to sort of debate with me about that. And I'm sure when the podcast goes up, I'm going to read <laughs> some of the comments and I feel like there's going to be a lot. There's, there's, this is such a polarizing topic, right? Mm-hmm. And there are people fully jump in and there will people that will fully not and I expect that um you know the people that I verbally talked about it the, the worst I got is more of a scoff like a, yeah. you're kidding right and I'm just like okay well we're, we're just not talking about this anymore yeah <laughs> so, yeah so, yeah fair enough no that's totally fair now what about um how it's affected your family like what ways have you seen your relationship then with your husband affect your kids so what I believe is that, you know, it's God first 
your spouse second. Everyone else is, is forsaken. And that also is in scripture as well, that we, that you, we forsake all others. Um, now, this is another polarizing topic. My kids aren't first. They just aren't. Um, and the reason why they aren't is because I want them to put their spouses first. Mm. And they've, they've actually done better, I think, witnessing a healthy relationship than sometimes the story you hear about, you know, the adult children leave the home and a month later their parents are divorced because they have nothing in common. Like, I, I just need to believe that my kids don't feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yes, I've, I've been very clear with my daughters about, you know, this is how I would expect that you would treat your husbands. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's so, their reaction? I mean, they're teenagers, right? So I'm more talking at them and just hoping some stuff absorbs, but you know, I, I do, we are, Branch and I are incredibly open about how we roll mm-hmm. in this marriage. Um, yeah. So the kids, I love them dearly. Of course, I'm their mother, um, but they're not, they're not first. He is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny you say that. I remember, I feel it was a YouTuber maybe, or another podcaster many years ago and hearing this person being interviewed. And I want to say he was a Mormon. I'm not 100% mm-hmm. sure about that, but definitely religious. For some reason, I'm, I'm remembering Mormon. And that was one thing he said is that they love their kids, but the number one priority is like one another, their relationship, and then the kids because they feel like they couldn't give the kids a solid like foundation if they weren't strong enough. And I actually was like, well, that totally makes sense, right? I mean, that's hard for a mother and a father or a parent in general to kind of say, no, my kids aren't first. It's not that you don't love them. It's just you really need to set that that foundation. So I really kind of like that. Is there any ways ever that you feel having this type of relationship with your husband has negatively impacted your kids? Never. Never? No. No, and honestly, I can say that it's never impacted me negatively either. Awesome. And to be honest, I, as I mentioned to you, like I, I came to this realization out of despair mm-hmm. and I fully expected to hate it and resent it. And I don't. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. What about extended family members, like in-laws, you know, sisters, brothers? What's been the reaction sure. from them? I don't know that they know necessarily deliberately. I've, I've had a conversation with my mom mm-hmm. and um, I think it was over text. And I, I said to her, like, this is, this is kind of how I feel about him. And she wrote back and she said, I really hope that you know that that's how I felt about your dad. Wow. And like my, my dad passed away many years ago. And it's so funny when she said that, I was like, yeah, I totally did. Like mm-hmm. without a question. And um, you know, there, we just don't, this doesn't come up in regular conversation, right? Because it's uncomfortable. That's yeah. why I'm here talking to you. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Which I'm grateful for. Thank you for sharing this. I really do appreciate it. Which, I mean, brings me to another question. Like, why do you think this is an uncomfortable conversation hmm. for most people to have? I'm not, a, I'm not a, an expert on this. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily know why. But I would guess it has something to do with women trying to equalize themselves to men, which I support. So the feminism side of things, you know, I believe we should vote. I believe we should have equal equal rights in jobs and, and all that stuff. 
So I wonder if it's sort of evolved as part of that sort of movement where I can be in charge of you, you know, and, and I just, I feel like that might, might be where the clash is. I, I don't know. I haven't done any research on that actually. And I'm not, uh, not really yeah. a resident expert there. So yeah. No, no, that's fair enough. Just curious to kind of, you know, know I guess get your kind of take on it but and then it's funny because um that was one of my questions was like with the quality becoming more of the norm like what's then happening to these more traditional style relationships that like you have with your husband I guess like I don't really know anyone else other than yourself that has openly told me right I mean who knows they could do it and they haven't said anything um and I don't know if that's just because I have a lot of friends who aren't actually that religious um maybe I should ask some friends who are if it is something that they do (laughs) do you think then with equality you know slowly but hopefully steadily coming into light that this is the type of relationship that's going to phase out or do you see things changing because you're involved with a church and a community and you've spoken to friends and suggested this is it something you see you know becoming more and more I really hope that it does and I'll tell you why (laughs) I I don't feel like Brent thinks we're equal it's Mm -hmm. really funny that you say that the man raises me up and holds me high on a pedestal Right. Um, so one of the stories that that I think you know about is is about our, our tragic shooting. So we had that we were in the Las Vegas shooting in October mm-hmm. and um, we were right in the midst of it. So there were literally bullets flying around us. He laid on top of me, physically laid his life down for me. So that's that's how he that's how high a regard he holds me he was ready to give his life for mine so no i don't think we're equal fair enough i mean i remember the story and yeah yeah for him to do that is pretty amazing do you see in your church though more couples you know kind of instilling those traditional biblical values like you do more and more or I do yeah yeah I do um to the same extent though I see it not happening outside of the church as well right like I I have a wide range of friends and and people that I connect with and I definitely see you know some marriages where we'll we'll go over and and visit someone and and she'll be like ordering her husband around and I'm just kind of sitting in my chair is a little bit cringy so Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know um so I, I feel like Obviously, I can't necessarily impact every married woman, but to the extent that I'm allowed in, then I will. Tell us a little bit more. Is there any other, um, you know, things, for lack of a better word, I'm not the religious person here, so I'm a bit crap with it, the terminology (laughs) sometimes. Um, Is there anything else in the Bible that you both kind of live by that works for your relationship or even for your family home? Um, yes. Are we, uh, we, are we going to go a little, uh, uh, R-rated on this podcast? So, I, there's always an explicit content warning. So, <laughs> we can, so the part, we the can part in the Bible that talks about, um, about sex, right? So mm-hmm. where we, we submit to our 
to each other. And I don't know the exact, I think it's in Ephesians somewhere. I don't have the Bible memorized. So I'm not one of those people that just talking about that. You don't deny each other um, unless you agree. Right. So we, we definitely operate that way. And it's, it's been, I find really healthy and um, I know a lot of couples don't where the wife will be like, Oh, I'm so tired. And I got the kids and this and that. And I'm like, okay, like, let's be real girl. Like, what does it take? 10 minutes? Come on. Right. And, and honestly, it's one of those things where even if you don't really want to two minutes in, you're like, Oh, this actually is nice. And I've got this person who really, really is attracted to me and they they really, really want to have sex with me. So we've definitely adopted that within our relationship. So that's, um, another, another way the family side of things, we've, we've definitely turned to the Bible through our parenting journey. Mm, But I'm finding that I'm, I don't quite know how to navigate that with the kids developing their own beliefs with the technology that's out there today. So that definitely is a struggle, I guess. And that's a good way to sort of answer your question. Yeah, no, I definitely did. I'm going to jump back a little bit to the the sex (laughs) conversation. Of course I am. This is the uncomfortable podcast. Uh (laughs) Um, What was the, again, did that come up in conversation? Was that a decision that you both made or like, you know, the more, you know, style of uh, relationship you have, was it just you making that decision and not really? We had a conversation at the very, very beginning of our relationship and we just decided that it was no saying no. Mm, Okay. So it's no saying no and that's it. Yeah. And you know what? It's honestly great. It's great. And because what's worse is when your husband does not want to have sex with you. That's horrible. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. No, fair enough. And I mean, is there ever a time when you're just like, I really don't feel like it? Or I don't feel Absolutely. well, but you just kind of, of course. Yeah. And as in return, those are so few and far between mm. that it's not a source of stress between us. Where I'll say, "Honey, I love you. I'm super tired," and he'll say, "Okay, no problem," and literally just hugs me until I fall asleep. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, okay, in my mind, I'm like, the next available opportunity. This is what we're doing, right? Yeah. And honestly, like, it, I do find that when there is a bit of a space we both are kind of a little cranky mm-hmm. and we've, yeah, it's been, I think nine years now. So we've gotten into a really good rhythm there. Yeah. Um, and I love it. I really do. And, and it, but it was deliberate because it's yeah. really easy, especially the woman to be like, I'm in charge of our sex life and I can say no. And, and you need to have consent. And, and yeah. if you don't have consent, then, you know, it's so super easy to go down that path where as the wife, you're holding all the power and all the control. Mm-hmm. And I just don't want that. I don't want control over him that way. And did he kind of voice any concern? Because now, you know, I'm finding a lot of men obviously having more of a conversation around consent, which is great in the grand scheme of things. Um, so did he have any concern over that? Like he didn't? Yeah. And how did he kind of voice that? Well, I, I think because it was so strange to him. Yeah. You know, but I but I said no. You you have my consent until I withdraw it. So mm-hmm. you've got it permanently. And yes, we that was one of those things where we did have to talk about it a few times mm-hmm. um, because I don't I don't I don't say he didn't believe me, but it was like yeah. really double checking. And and honestly, he's he's just a gentleman. Like he really is. Like he just never would want to violate a boundary like that. So I mean, yeah, 
yeah, I just honor him enough and I respect him enough to know that. Um, but no, this doesn't make me very popular. And I know that some of my girlfriends have been like, really? Oh my gosh, you just never say no. And I'm like, I just never say no. Like, I just never do. Yeah. Like, oh, I should never say no. I'm like, you totally should never say no. But then a couple of weeks later, you know, they'll be like, oh no, I said no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but you would say that was definitely kind of um creating a healthier sex life oh yeah yeah super healthy and really fun yeah oh okay <laughs> so does that also and you can not answer this question if you don't feel comfortable but does that mean if there's anything he would like to try you have to agree or no. is that a different conversation like that that's almost like a different level I think we have our, our, you know, menu. We'll yes. say this like married couples do. They've got their menu yeah. and every so often he'll be like, do you want to try this other dish? And mm-hmm. I'll be like, yes or no. Okay. And that's, and, so you, can, and, you can say no to that if it's something. For sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. For sure. But he's more like, okay, cool. Why don't you want to, why don't you want to do this? And if there's something going on, he's like, let's unpack this. Let's talk about mm-hmm. this because he is really encouraging and supportive for me to get rid of all my demons and my triggers and my past and stuff. Right. So that, uh, you know, he's, he keeps me accountable. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm going to ask him, I guess more of a, a religious based, like general question. You had said you were raised Catholic, but not like, you know, hardcore, it was, I guess, you know, raised Catholic and probably then left to kind of do and decide what you wanted to do. Was there a point in your life when you kind of turned back to this particular, or turned to this particular church that you were in? Or were you someone who was always kind of practicing, but maybe just in your own way? So I went to Catholic high school. So I was always very active in the Catholic church growing up. want to say maybe the 10 times a year I'd go to church. And I, I thought to myself, and this was the 20-year-old me going, well, you know what? I don't really need a church because I'm just going to be a nice person and I'm, I'm going to just not harm anyone. And, you know, every so often I'll pray. Um, and I remember thinking when I need something, I'll pray for yes. it. And, um, and, you know, then I'll be good. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is, so I went with this belief for a long time. So when I was about 27, a friend of mine challenged that. So mm-hmm. she had actually started going to this church that I go to now. Um, she still goes there. And she had said, well, I, I hear you and you're right, but there, there is something about having a church community, being accountable, growing in your faith, um, keeping on top of your thoughts, your actions, your behaviors. So, you know, yes, you're, you're being a nice person and you're praying, but you got to come to church, basically. Yeah. And I, I kind of stomped and grumbled because church is inconvenient. It's 1030 on a Sunday morning, but it's deliberately inconvenient. Right. And, and um, so I decided I was going to give it six months mm-hmm. and that was 10, uh, 13 years ago. Yeah. And, and I think part of it is finding the right church with the right pastor. This particular church, I find um, I can go there, be myself, get pushed as much as I can handle in my faith get challenged and have really good, rich conversations there without feeling like I'm judged. Mm. And I think the the downfall of church and religion is when it becomes too much. Yeah. Or when it's too polarized. Yeah. And I, I feel like 90% 
of having a strong faith is having the right church. Hmm. Okay. And then I'm assuming then when you met Brent, you introduced him to this church. She wasn't yeah. already in a town. Yeah. So I was already going there. He came and I, I think he felt the same way when he landed there. He was like, yeah, this place is good because growing up, he didn't have a super great relig- religious um, relationship. We'll say mm-hmm. he was wary. Yeah. So he had gone to a couple of churches that were just far too much um, polarization or judge judgmental or, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah speaking for him but yeah he's we're there together yeah 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 and how you know did you kind of see him transition a little bit or is it just so relaxed that it it just seemed like the place that he would probably feel very comfortable and then to kind of live this life that you guys are in already like this journey how has he kind of you know changed throughout this whole marriage and then kind of, you know, becoming more religious. I think that he's not religious at all. I think he has a lot of faith. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, but I think that the, the guidance that we've based our marriage on from the church has made him a better husband, better father, better friend. Um, So yeah, he doesn't walk around toting scripture either, but at the same time, He's not afraid of, okay, we're having trouble. We need to call our pastor. Okay, we've, mm. we've got to go back. You know, if we've missed a Sunday, we've got to go back. We've got to connect. Like he's, he, yeah. Yeah. This, um, I, I mean, I guess either of you ever kind of question anything at the church? Like is there any time they see all the time? And how, what, how does that conversation look, especially in a relationship where you both maybe are going to a church, you're questioning something, Maybe you're not happy about something the pastor said or someone said. What does that look like? It, it looks like a conversation. So the church is small enough that we can actually talk to the pastor. We're like, look, you know, this kind of hit us the wrong way. It struck our chord. Yeah. Um, and there's been some conversations where we're like, so we just don't agree with you. Yeah. And that's okay. It's okay. And there's no, you don't have to agree with the pastor, everything the pastor says to come to that church. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, it sounds like a pretty amazing relationship. I really want to thank you for sharing this with me because I know, as you said, it's not something you talk about a lot. Um, so yeah, I'm really honored to have you on the Uncomfortable Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. If you would like to find out more about Nadia, then feel free to head to her website, nadialarusa.com. Now that's N-A-D-I-A-L-A-R-U-S-S-A.com. And I will post it in the show notes. As always, I'd love to know what you thought of our conversation. Was this something that you had heard of? Is it something that you practice? Is it something completely new to you? Head over to the comment section on our website, uncomfortable.blog, or any of our social media channels. We are on Facebook and Instagram at uncomfortable.blog and Twitter at uncomfy underscore podcast. Now, I do ask that please, you can write your comments, you can give your opinion, but if you're doing so, please be respectful. Now you can support our podcast by signing up to be a patron and pledging a very small couple of dollars per month so that we can keep this podcast running. For more information, visit uncomfortable.blog forward slash donate. Thanks again for listening. Now go out there and get uncomfortable.